This is Localization Today, a podcast from Multilingual Media, covering the most relevant daily news in the language industry. So one, one of the insightful slides that you presented was one where you had the difference between the increasing productivity, which is like a, 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 a sharp, straight line, and how the compensation of people plateaus at a certain point and is actually maybe trending down, right? So we talk a lot about increased productivity, improvement, and we're talking a lot about the digital materials and, and human tasks that require process and so on. But how can we, and, and this has an element of social injustice even, because who are the people that get screwed in this story? It's basically the people who are doing simple jobs. The, the, the capitalist, the, the, the entrepreneur, the, the tech company, they are taking advantage of all this productivity increase and it's not being shared with the communities and so on. Is there a way that we can use this technology, and this is a little bit of a change, that we can use these advancements and this technology to improve the lives of, of people? Are, do we need to ta- change the economic model because of that? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I think we should do both. Uh, I think we do have to change the economic model. That's the harder thing to envision. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's quite simple, right? It's simple in that uh, as soon as you provide a tool such as this to a community of people, the, the required level of skill goes down because the tool can do a lot of the hard work, right? I'll give a concrete example. Perhaps very soon we're going to have to re-understand what it means to have a Pulitzer Prize, right? So excellence in writing. Like, what does that mean when now folks that would be at the bottom of the distribution in the quality of writing can all have a baseline of excellence that's competitive with a Pulitzer Prize winner? Everyone can do it, right? So, so the hypothesis that there's going to be an impact on wages for certain disciplines comes from that, that now even programming, right? So a place I specialize, I'm seeing what these models can do. It can make a crappy coder produce very good code, right? And so what's the value of a good coder now, right? And so I think that that might lead to a depression in, in the, the wages as it, in the supply-demand dynamic. But, but so I do think fundamentally the economic model will have to change. Though, I think value gets redefined ultimately. Value just will shift. And in that shift, some people will be affected negatively. Others may be affected positively. What I think we should focus on is teaching critical thinking, judgment, evaluative reasoning so that we can see we we need to be able to discern what's quality versus not quality what's good versus bad this is a general skill that will become i believe the key differentiator across talent that's that our society is going to recognize given this trend uh but you know things like surgery were good for a couple decades some of these physical tasks that you talk about right like we're going to need folks to actually fix our broken plumbing like that's not going to be helped at all and maybe the value of that will proportionately go up 
uh, relative to someone, say, copy editing our, the final draft of a blog article. That might, might, might be affected, but it'll raise the plumbers. So it's going to be, we'll see how it shakes out, right? We'll see who the winners and losers, you know, are. It's not clear that, I think the losers in this case might be the skilled folks that typically get paid a lot of money. You know, we'll see. Yeah. So these are very good points. And I think that one of the amazing, what, what you're describing is that it's an equalizer in a certain way because those guys who had a lot of advantage over the years were recognized for technology work and so on. They, there is a, 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 a level playing field and then there is an opportunity for other tasks like doctors and, and pharmacists and, 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 and technologists in, in other areas, so chemists and physicists and so on. So it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic coming forward. Another aspect that I think uh, we, we overlook when having this conversation about AI, and, and I, ha I have a, tend a tendency to observe that people like to describe it with graphs that are two-dimensional. And we, we tend to look at a linear future where it only affects a certain aspect of activities and not the complexity of how every human interaction and every human activity interacts to create a more 4D, 5D environment. And maybe, so I, I, I tend to be an optimist. I think that uh, as other technologies have done in the past, LLMs and generative AI are going to create opportunities for new environments to be created and new jobs to be created. I read recently that when the, in the, in the past, uh, telephone exchanges used to be operators, women, it was an entry job for women, and when the automatic exchange came, exchanges came around, these women didn't have a job. And when they looked years later and they looked back, women were taking better jobs than the operator job, which was a very entry-level, very manual, very basic, and they were taking jobs as assistants, as even construction and, and airplane construction programmers and so on. The first women that women, yeah, yeah, black women, right? Yeah, yeah. So how, uh, do, do, how do you put this uh, generative AI in this more, how do you say, less linear and, and, and more complex environment? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think it's really important to, 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 to observe that this is so new, right? Like, one of the things I emphasize in my talk is it hasn't been a year yet since we've really started thinking about this as a market, right? Like, uh, thinking about generative AI and how it affects the way we work and the way we play and the way we operate our, our businesses. So, so it's very, very new. And a lot of the ways that it'll affect are the, the milieu of, the, of, our, of our work and our lives is yet to be determined. There's a few things that's clear. It's clear that tasks that involves the creation of natural language and even coded language are going to be disrupted by this tech. But I do think that there's some ways that no one's thinking about or talking about that's going to be relevant. In particular having these models act upon our on our behalf, right? It, it turns out that 
the same technology that makes it good at generating what to say next in a sequence is the same kind of foundational tech that can determine what to do next in a sequence of things to do. It's the same fundamental type of activity. And so, and there's some research looking into getting models to do things for us. And I, so I think that category of do is going to be uh, an area of disruption that we're not really necessarily contemplating right now. What if the model decides when to write an email for me? What if the model decides when to talk to one of my teammates on Slack in my stead? What, what, what if it decides when to change my code base based on its observations? Like these models engaging in that capacity, I believe is inevitable because I believe that humans are fundamentally lazy. We're more lazy than we are scared. If the model can do stuff for us and we can be in bed, we'll take the risk. So I think it's coming. And so I think that these are some of the transformative ways that we're going to be experiencing this journey. So that's one category. The vision space is also latent. These models can recognize things using the same transformer neural network stuff that I talked about. Multimodal models, which means models that do multiple of these things. It can listen to you speak. It can see and recognize things. And then it can act on your behalf. Those are three categories of of sensing and actuating that a single model can do. I think that that's coming. So, so we have an interesting world to navigate. I do think we have a little bit of time because we're still digesting the last disruption. And the scientists are going to keep working on the future stuff. But, but I, it's a very interesting time. And, and I honestly think, like I said in the talk, this one's a big one. This one's not like the automobile. It's not like one thing that is easy now. You know, it's not like the farming in the industry, like machinery. It's like, okay, now we can pick corn very efficiently. Just for corn, very efficient. We can drive. We could get from here to there efficient. This is a, a creation that makes thinking and producing arbitrary things more efficient. So it's, it's going to be disruptive over the span of three years. Look what has happened in less than a year. And tell me what will happen in three years. Impossible. <laughs> this, I, I, I wear in violent agreement. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> one, one of the things that I like to say is that uh, we're only we're at ChatGPT 4, which is the second iteration of the public yeah. ChatGPT. I want to see what ChatGPT 9 or 13 is going to be doing, right? And this element of the vision environment I believe that what we're going to need is a new form factor. I, I, I believe that Vision Pro is going to be a first step in that direction because it's, it's a disruptive way of displaying. It's not the metaverse or something like that. I've been feeling this since 5G came into the scene. Now, combining it with generative AI, you can create a, 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 a new world, essentially. But one, one of the elements, and just for us to conclude our conversation, which is the element of social justice, right? We are here at a conference where we deal with languages. And uh, uh, generative AI, large language models, are essentially fed in mostly English. And I, I would say something like 70% is English. You get to the next 10 languages you reach 90% of all the LLMs and then you have 10% left for thousands of languages and this kind of sets back 
the, the, the African continent, the Indian subcontinent, people who don't speak the mainstream languages. What can we, as uh, leaders in this space, influence the creation of models for inclusivity? And this is a major problem, and it really is a, it's an offshoot of capitalism. I mean, if, if you look at the, those market cap companies, that list, most of them are, there might be three or so that are not Western American or English-speaking otherwise countries. I think it's a, I think it's a, um, I think it's a side effect of that. But it's our responsibility as a community and a society and a species to be thoughtful about how we operate. Like, in a way, we've actually proven that, we've proven that capitalism is something that needs to be regulated itself, because that's what we do. That's why we have taxes, right? Like, that's why we have programs. So, so and, and this is one of those vectors where, where we have to be thoughtful to do what's helpful to the world in an inclusive way, especially when it comes to something that's fu uh, fundamental as the languages we speak, and being able to uh, partake in this technology uh, despite whichever language. The tech, the tech itself is, is mostly uh, capable, is fully capable. So it's going to fall upon, you know, it's going to fall upon the folks who care about humanity, which are, the, it should be each of us. We should all be conscientious to contribute to the development of a fully accessible to the world AI technology and I also think the policymakers themselves should contribute. I think, you know, the UN, I mean, like, you know, the folks, the International Monetary Fund, basically all the folks that care about the whole world should be setting aside resources to make sure that these models are fluent in every language. And so we have to be thoughtful. It's not going to make business sense ever, but... It makes human sense, and so that needs to be enough. And if it, when it stops being enough, the, the AI has won. The machines have won. We, we, we're losing. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much. This was a great conversation, very insightful. And uh, welcome anytime. You're welcome back here to talk to us. Oh, Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Great thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com slash subscribe.